Acts chapter 9, and I'm going to read just a few verses of Scripture. And I know that I'm the only thing standing between you and a, a late meal or you and getting your kids in bed for Friday school. So I understand I, I might be in a precarious place here. But I, I, I do feel like the Lord put something in my spirit that has been stirring and, uh, and I have been unable to escape from. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 36, the Bible says... At Joppa, everybody say Joppa. There was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. There might be some names you don't want to translate. Uh, that could have been one of them. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did, but it happened in those days that she became sick and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. How many thankful for an upper room in your life? And since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there, and they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them, and when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the windows, or all the widows, excuse me, stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Verse 40, Peter put them all out. He kicked them out. And he knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and she saw Peter. And the Bible says she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. Everybody say alive. I'm going to preach to you for the next few minutes about dealing with a dead Dorcas. Dealing with a dead Dorcas. Look at your neighbor, say, look out. I'm about to deal with something. You better hope it's not you. Why don't you lay your Bibles down and let's just lift our voices in praise to the Lord right now. Would you do that together with me? Would you just lift up your voice? Uh, don't ask him for anything right now. Just give him praise for what he's about to do in the next few minutes of our time together. Would you do that? Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for your good and perfect work that is already in this place. I thank you for every believer that has come. I thank you for every faith-filled man and woman of God that is here. And I thank you for what you're about to release into this atmosphere tonight. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, let everybody shout amen. amen. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. No preacher in this room wants to preach a dead message. You don't ever want to preach to a dead congregation, for sure. That's certainly not the danger tonight. You definitely don't want to come to preach a camp with a dead message. But 
maybe for some, regretfully, I, I, I do inform you tonight that I have come to preach a dead message. I have come to preach uh, a message tonight to the best of my ability on the topic of death, something that has died. But if you're new around here, uh, you, you may not understand this just yet, but we as water baptized, Holy Ghost filled, Jesus name, tongue talking believers, we understand death a little bit differently than most. We see death a little differently than many. We know that death is not the end of a thing, but death is the gateway to a thing. We know that death is not the conclusion, but death is just a beginning. Death is not the end of the story. Death is the first chapter of a new story. We understand that from the very day that we come to Jesus Christ and we die to our sins through repentance. We repent of those sins to the very day that you may stand over the casket of a departed loved one who lived a life of faith and faithfulness in God. We understand that death is not the end. That death is simply something that represents a new chapter and a new beginning. Somebody say amen. That's why Paul would write these words to the church at Corinth. He said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? He went on to say that the sting of death and the sting of sin is swallowed up because we, as New Testament believers, have victory through death. So we don't weep as others weep. We don't sorrow as others sorrow. We rejoice and we understand that through death comes new life. The passage we find in Acts chapter 9, this, this pivotal text between the ministries of Simon Peter and now Saul. We see this story of this woman, Tabitha, or translated as the scripture says, Dorcas. Dorcas stands as a, a hinge pin, if you will, between the narrative of these two great New Testament apostolic preachers, Dorcas. Her, her name means Tabitha. Her name uh, literally means uh, someone who was beautiful and gracious as a, a gazelle, someone who was lovely to look on. And as we read her story, we find out that she didn't just look good, but she did good. Young men, hear me. It's not enough if they look good. You want them to do good. <laughs> I know it's not youth camp, but we'll just slide that in there. It's all right that they look good, but she did good. She, she looked good and she did good. Her name was Tabitha. Now, her parents in naming her probably didn't do so good uh, when they pulled out Dorcas, but that's beside the point. She was... Beautiful, and she was grace-filled, and she was gracious. She, she ministered to the widows that, that were in her path, and, and she ministered to the widows that were in her community. And here's this 
woman who uh, we don't know a lot about her, but we do know that apparently she was a, a seamstress of sorts. Maybe she didn't have a lot, but she had a needle and a thread, it appears. And so she used that needle and she used that thread to sew garments, uh, tunics and, and capes and coats for the widows, widows uh, that perhaps would not have access to wear garments that would be uh, this costly or this nice, apparently, as she would make for them. She sewed for them garments so that they could walk through the town, perhaps with some level of dignity that they would not otherwise had if it was not through the ministry of Dorcas. And so, though she didn't have much, she took her needle and thread, and she made a difference in the kingdom of God. Can I just pause here and say, you may not have much, but in God's economy, that's really all you need. In fact, you may look at others around you and feel like they've got a lot more than you do, but I've come to encourage somebody on this Thursday night and tell you that in God's economy, really, that's all you need is just a needle and thread or not very much at all. In fact, I've come to encourage somebody, maybe you're looking at your ministry, maybe you're looking at your church, maybe you're looking at your youth group, maybe you're looking at your marriage, maybe you're looking at your talents and your giftings and your God-given abilities and you say, Lord, I don't know what you can do with any of this, but I'm telling you, little is much when God is in it. Well... Can I dig around there just a little bit for a minute? Little is much when God is in it. You may not have much in your hand, but when I put what is in my hand back into his hand, something miraculous transacts. Something powerful occurs. It's just a needle and thread, but what she had in her heart was ministry. But a needle and thread doesn't look like ministry, does it? No, it doesn't. It's all right. It doesn't look like much. She has ministry in her heart, but what she has in her hand is just a needle and thread. Can I tell somebody tonight that if you'll put what's in your hand into the hands of God, God is able to use what is in your hand to unlock what is in your heart. Nehemiah, you may only have a cup in your hand, but what's in your heart is rebuilding some walls. But if you put your cup into the hand of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, there's about to be a construction project that gets underway. Moses, I know in your heart is deliverance for God's people, but all you've got in your hand is a staff and a stutter on your lips. But when I put what's in my hand into the hand of the master, God uses what's in my hand to unlock what's in my I feel like preaching just a little bit. I'm preaching to somebody that's going back to a church that isn't as lively as it is Thursday night at the Life Church. The music isn't the same as it is at the Life Church. There's not as many people as it is at the Life Church on a Thursday night. You say, all I've got in my hand is a few of these and a little bit of that. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. But if you'll make it in your mind, I'm not going to despise what's in my hand. Nor am I going to look at my brother pastoring across town or across state or across the country 
and envy what's in his hand. I'm just going to say, Lord, here's my needle and thread. Here's my staff and my stutter. Here's my cup and my willingness. And God will take what's in your hand. I wish somebody just lift your hands and pause right here. I wish somebody just open your mouth and pray a prayer. God, I give you all that's in my hand. I give you everything that's in my hand tonight. Don't despise, don't discount what's in your hand. Dorcas looked good and she did good and then she died. Now, if I'm in the New Testament church in that day, I might ask the Lord, Lord, why Dorcas? She looks good and she does good. Now, there's Fred over there. You can take him. If there's any Freds in here tonight, I apologize. There's Bob over there, man. He's always causing a ruckus for pastor. I mean, Lord, if you got to take somebody, can it be Bob? And I apologize if there's any Bobs in the room. (laughs) Not our Bob. Lord, can you take, but not Dorcas. Dorcas is great. Dorcas uh, has a ministry. Dorcas is ministering. She, she, uh, it appears she dies in the midst of ministry. She, she dies in the midst of doing a good work for the Lord. She dies in the middle of making a kingdom impact. I'm preaching to some people tonight. I I just felt stirring so deeply in my spirit early in the morning, in the middle of the night last night, that there were going to be some people in this room tonight that had some dead Dorcases in your life. Some people that would be in this room that just maybe tonight are are, are at a regional camp meeting, but, but you're dealing with a dead Dorcas. Maybe the dead Dorcas for you looks like a business that, You know God put in your heart, but it's on life support. Maybe the Dorcas for you looks like a ministry that you felt for sure you were called to, uh, but you can't seem to get any traction. Maybe the Dorcas looks for you uh, like a city that you know God called you to, uh, but it seems like when everybody is gaining, you're sitting here losing. Maybe the Dorcas looks like for you uh, an area, a region that God said, I'm going to give you revival in this area, but it seems like it's nothing but setback after setback after setback. Uh, Maybe it's the church uh, that you've pastored for some years, uh, but you just can't seem to get it into that next gear uh, of revival and harvest and increase. Uh, And we keep coming to these meetings and talking about uh, an apostolic presence in every community uh, and the revival that God has put in the heart of our bishop. uh, And we keep believing for these things, uh, but maybe you keep going back home and looking at a Dorcas uh, that is dead, uh, a promise that isn't coming to pass. Maybe for you, uh, a Dorcas is a wayward child. that God said is going to come back. But, but, but every time you look their way, you know sure enough they're not looking back our way. 
Maybe a dead Dorcas for you is some deal that you thought was going to be better, but it only gets worse. Maybe it's your health, that you've got a promise of health and strength and vitality, but you continue to deteriorate, and the doctor's reports don't get any better, and they don't get any better, and they don't get any better, and they don't get any better. I've come to preach to somebody, one or two or three or 15 tonight, that are dealing with a dead Dorcas in your life, something that was once promising something that was once alive but is now dead I've come to tell you that if you have a dead Dorcas in your life you're in the right place you're in the right room in fact where's our sister at she blessed me tonight with that prophetic word that God gave her to share with this meeting there's about to be a shift for somebody in this house God is about to release something new into your life and into your ministry My, 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 my. I'm preaching to somebody or a few somebodies with a dead Dorcas tonight. And I've come to tell you what to do if you're dealing with a dead Dorcas. The first thing you do if you're dealing with a dead Dorcas is don't be afraid to send for help. The Bible says when Dorcas died, the first thing they did is they went and they sent for Peter in the nearby town. Can I just help somebody in the Holy Ghost and tell you, uh, God did not put you in the body so that you would die in isolation. God did not put you in this great district uh, so that you could die in separation. Uh, God put you here because we need one another. Uh, I need you. You need me. You're not my competition. I wish you'd look at somebody near you and say, you're not my competition. God put us in the body to complete one another, not to compete with one another. God put us in the body to help one another, not to hurt one another. God put us in the body to bless one another, not to talk about one another. You know what this meeting is about? Our bishop told us it's about regional revival, not regional rivalry. We've had rivalry in the kingdom for too long. We've had rivalry in the kingdom for too much. It's time for completion. It's time for competition to die. It's time for completing one another to live. I wish you'd look at somebody and say, don't be my Dorcas. <laughs> you can turn to somebody else and say, you may look like it tonight. No, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> it's okay to phone a friend. I said, it's okay to phone a friend. There's some seasons of life and ministry where if you don't phone a friend, you're going to deteriorate and die. It's okay to call somebody. Well, I don't know who to call. Call somebody. Call your district superintendent. He wants you to call. Every one of you. Call every one of you about everything. Start with your presbyter. Call somebody. Don't sit there in silence while Dorcas lays dead. 
If you don't know how to get Dorcas back to life again, then call somebody to help you. Be open with a brother or a sister. I need some help. I need you to help me through this. Is this all right? I need you to help me process this. I need you to help me sort this out. I'm up against the wall. I can't seem to get through. I need you to talk plain to me. I need you to help me. You know what we do? We hide the dead Dorcas. We put her in the back room. We keep her away from friends. No, no, no. And somebody calls, how you doing? Oh, good. How's that Dorcas? She's in the other room. She's there. She's there. What if we could just get honest with each other? What if you could just get a call on Sunday afternoon and say, you know what, it wasn't that great. Well, I might lose everybody. I said, my wife said to me a couple of Sundays ago, I preached. And, and she said, man, that was good. I said, don't lie to me. She just kind of left me alone in about halfway through that Sunday afternoon. And I'm, I'm telling you, just as God is my witness, it wasn't good. I mean, you know, it just, preachers, you know, you, you know when it goes okay and when it goes good and when it's not so good. So I was, I was crying in my Cheerios Sunday afternoon, you know. I had my sippy cup and my blanket and thought I could preach better than that. And my wife, in her kind, tender, sweet, loving way, said, Are you going to snap out of this? <laughs> she said, and she went on justifying how, how good. You know, there, there's sometimes it's okay to be honest with somebody. There's sometimes it's all right to say, You know what? I ain't not doing so hot right now. I wonder what God could do uh, as we minister to one. I wonder what God could do uh, through the ministry of the body uh, if we just quit faking it and get honest with each other uh, when Dorcas is dead uh, or when Dorcas is online. I wonder what God could do. I wonder what God could do if we'd quit this hey bro stuff. Okay, man, it's going good. Hey bro, you look good, man. I'm, everything's going great. I, 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 I'm not talking about bleeding all over everybody either, but I wonder what God could do if you could get a brother or a sister that you could be honest with and say, you know what, Peter? I don't know what to do with Dorcas, but if you'll come help me pray, I'm believing for a resurrection. I'm believing she can get up again. I'm believing that God is Somehow in this. Sit down for just a minute. Peter gets there and they're all weeping. They're all, they're all crying and, 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 and the sorrow. Peter walks in the room and the widows are in sorrow and they're showing him the blankets and the tunics that she had made and they're, they're grieving and, they're, and Peter comes in faith but, but they're standing there in, in, in grief. And can I tell you, when you're dealing with the dead Dorcas, there's always going to be worshipers and there's always going to be weepers. Now, what's interesting to me about this is they had enough faith to sin for Simon Peter. They had enough faith to, to say, Peter, we need your, your mojo over here in Joppa. They had enough faith to go get him, but when he got there, where was their faith? When he showed up, 
Where was their great belief? Peter walks in the room and they're all crying and they're all boo-hoo and they, they had enough faith not to bury the body and to save it. They had enough faith to put the body in the upper room. Hello. They had enough faith to go get the man of God but they didn't have enough faith apparently to move from weeping to worship and from sorrow to rejoicing. Just maybe I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that you had enough faith to get up in your car and drive to the region camp meeting. Maybe you had enough faith to get here in this service tonight. But maybe where you start to struggle is when the word goes forth that there's going to be a shift and there's going to be a harvest and there's going to be an increase. You go back to your weeping and you go back to your sorrow. They're weeping, and the Peter is there. They're weeping, and the one that they called for is in their midst. They're in sorrow, and yet he's about to speak life into the dead lady. Woo! My, there is something potent and powerful about sorrow. I'm not talking just about faith versus doubt because these were faith-filled believers. These are called disciples. These people had faith in God. They were part of the New Testament church. But something changes when sorrow sets in. Sorrow has a way of striking our soul. And sorrow has a way of clouding our vision. And sorrow has a way of distorting our perception. And the miracle workers in the building. And yet, and yet we're still weeping and we're in sorrow. Woo. My weeping, weeping, weeping. You know what? Mm, my, my, my. Is it interesting to you that when you're weeping, there's always a lot more people that'll weep with you than those that will rejoice with you when you're shouting? We've heard it before. Misery loves company, right? And I'm not talking about how you pronounce the state. Misery. M-I-S. Misery. Pain loves company. But, but, but something about rejoicing separates the faith-filled from the sorrow-struck. Separates the faith-filled from those that are still struggling with a little bit of doubt. Maybe I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that you had enough faith to get in the building and clap your hands like this, but you're not sure if you have enough faith to respond to the Word of God. Maybe you got enough faith to get here, but you don't have enough faith to let God release into you what He wants to release into to you but I've come to declare that Dorcas will live again Dorcas will rise again if somebody will just get a hit hold a little bit of faith in your spirit my 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 I wish somebody lift up your voice right now. I wish somebody would lift up your voice right now. And with your lifted voice, you would begin to clap your hands uh, to the Lord. Somebody lift up your voice uh, and begin to clap your hands to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name, come on, somebody just clap your hands and lift your voice. I, I'm not done preaching, but just uh, something wants to shift here right now into another gear. In the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, I declare release. <laughs> 
Yes, 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 yes. You know what you got to do if you're dealing with the dead Dorcas? Uh, the next thing Simon Peter did uh, is he kicked out the doubt. Uh, you got to be willing uh, to say doubt. Uh, you're going to leave uh, sorrow. You're going to have to sit down for just a minute uh, because I feel just a, a hint of faith right now moving in me. Uh, I smell just a hint uh, of new life sweeping through the room uh, in this place tonight. He kicked out the doubters. He said, you got to leave. Now, now that's a rude thing to do. They were mourning over the loss of their friend. They were mourning over the loss of their loved one. But he had biblical precedent for this. Because Elisha, he did the same thing when the Shudamite woman's son died. He kicked out the doubters. Elijah did the same thing when the widow's son died. He kicked out the doubters. Jesus did the same thing when Jairus' daughter died. He kicked out the doubters. And so Simon Peter comes along and he says if there's going to be a resurrection doubt you got to get out you got to walk out the door that you came in because what I'm about to speak cannot afford to be resisted by doubt sorrow or unbelief oh I wish somebody shout to the Lord with the voice of faith right now My, 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 my. Yeah. I'm preaching that there comes a point in time when you're dealing with a dead Dorcas that you got to lock yourself into a prayer meeting where it's you and it's Jesus and it's whatever in your life is dead or whatever in your life is on life support. There's some prayers your pastor can pray for you, but there's some things only you can pray for you. There's some things a prophet or a preacher can pray for you, but there's some things only you can pray for you. There comes a point in time where you got to quit putting it off on them. Well, if they'd lay hands on me, if they'd speak the word of faith to me, if they'd declare it over my life, if God would send him to say exactly this to me, no, no, no. There comes a point where you got to get alone with the dead Dorcas and the king of kings that can cause a resurrection in the name you know what the Lord told me last night in the middle of the night that there was going to be something resurrected in some ministries here in this room tonight you know what the Lord put in my spirit last night is that there were going to be people that walked in this room tonight that you were that close to giving up and nobody knew it you were that close to throwing in the towel and you hadn't told nobody because all we're doing is celebrating revival and all we're doing is celebrating growth and harvest and increase and you feel like you're a misfit or you're out of place but the reality is there's more than one dead Dorcas in this room there's more than one dead Dorcas represented in the churches in these sections here tonight but God said I'm about to cause life to come again I'm about to make that ministry live again I know it's bad. I know it's rough. I know it ain't going good. I know it's not going like you wanted to. But the word the Lord put in my spirit is the prophet Jeremiah said that the Lord said through the prophet Jeremiah, I'm the God who tells the sea where to stop. I draw a line in the sand and say the sea stops here. And I've come to declare in the name of Jesus, 
that dead Dorcas uh, stops here. The death of that ministry uh, stops tonight. Uh, the death of your faith uh, ends uh, here. It goes no further. This is the day. Uh, this is the night. Uh, this is the hour. This is the moment uh, that it comes to an end. Uh, God is about to bring new life uh, into I wish somebody lift up your voice uh, and somebody would declare it uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, let life come again. My, 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 my. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, there's voices of doubt that you need to silence in your life. Uh, there's some voices that have been telling you it's over. You need to shut those voices out tonight. Uh, when you're dealing with the dead Dorcas, uh, you got to control the inputs that are coming in. Uh, when you're dealing with the dead Dorcas, uh, you better be careful who you're giving your ear uh, and your spirit to. Uh, I want a voice of faith. Uh, I want a voice of life. Uh, I want a voice that says you will overcome. Simon Peter kicked the doubters out and the next thing he did is the Bible says he turned and he knelt down. He knelt down and he began to pray. It's a posture and a position of humility because you'll never see a resurrected Dorcas from a posture of pride. You'll never see a resurrected Dorcas. You'll never see the life and the ministry that God has put in your spirit from a posture of pride. He didn't walk in there naming it and humility oh God give us a baptism of humility where only your name will be glorified where nobody gets the credit but you Lord where nobody's glorified but your name oh Lord God get us have a baptism of humility God where it is your kingdom come your will be done not my kingdom not my will but your kingdom and your will let it be done Oh, somebody pray that prayer right now. In the name of Jesus, your kingdom come and your will be done. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this place as it is in heaven. Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. He kicks them out. He kneels and he begins to pray. Something's shifting here right now. Don't lose that. Something's shifting in this place right now. He, he kicks them out and he begins to pray. And then you know what he does? He turns to the Dorcas. He turns to the dead Dorcas. The Bible says he turned and faced her. Now it's, now it's creepy enough being alone in a room with a dead body. That's the stuff nightmares are made of. He kicked him out. It's just him. I'm preaching to some people dealing with some scary stuff right now. I'm preaching to some people right now that you got some... <laughs> 
stuff in your life that you don't know how to win. You, you feel like it's getting the upper hand and, and you, you don't know how to overcome. And you, don't, you, you sing about victory, but you don't know how to walk in victory. And, and you, see, you, you believe in anointing, but you don't know how to walk in the anointing. And you, you, you believe God's given us his spirit and his power, but you, but you don't know how to take what you feel on Sunday home with you on Monday. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight uh, that there's some scary stuff that started to die. For somebody, it's your faith that has started uh, to die. But you know what he does next? He faces the dead Dorcas because you're never going to have a resurrection if you keep acting like it didn't happen. You're never going to have a resurrection if you ignore the reality of the death. It's all right to look in the mirror and say, you know what? This is not what I bargained for. But God, I believe you are still able to move, work, and resurrect. He faces the dead Dorcas here. Here's where we're going. And what he speaks contrary to what he sees you see that's where we fall apart they had enough faith to get Peter there but they didn't know what to do when he got there because it's easier to believe that revival is coming than it is to declare revival is here I said it's easier to say it's coming, it's coming, it's coming than it is to believe it's here right now and I'm about to step into it why do you think John had thousands of followers, but when Jesus got to the end, he only had a few? Because John was saying the kingdom's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The kid, there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. And Jesus comes toward the end, and he says the kingdom is here. And they say, revival's coming. Revival's coming. Revival's coming. It's on its way. No, 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 no. You know what the problem is because when I declare revival's here, if I say it and I don't see it, I've got this disconnect to live with. If I say revival's here, but ain't nobody got the Holy Ghost in three months. I want to shout, Brother Parkey, when you show all those pictures, but I didn't have any up there. It's one thing to say revival's coming, but I'm declaring to you that revival is here. And so what you have to do to make that shift is you got to be willing to look at a dead Dorcas and say, you know what, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to come to regional camp meeting and fake it. I'm not going to show up at the Life Church and act like everything's all right. But I'm ready to speak life. I'm ready to speak resurrection. I'm ready to see a miracle with a dead Dorcas. I've simply come to tell you, do not give up on Dorcas yet. She may not be breathing right now, but there is life in the building. She may be on life support right now, but Jesus is in the room. And where Jesus is, anything is possible. Jesus is in this room right now. Oh, somebody clap your hands and lift your voice to the King of Kings and the Lord. Come on, clap your hands and lift your voice to the King of Kings. 
And I wish with your lifted voice you would begin to declare life. I wish you'd begin to declare life and resurrection and victory. I declare it in Jesus' name. I speak it by the authority of the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift up your hands all across this room. Lift up your hands all across this room. You got to be willing to speak something that is contrary to what you see. I know your career is not working out like you liked. I know your career isn't happening like you thought it was going. I I know your calling isn't working out like you hoped it was going to go. But somebody needs to lift up your hands right now and begin to speak faith that is contrary to what your eyes see. Now faith is the substance. Now faith is the evidence. Yeah. Yeah, something's about to be released in this room right now. Somebody needs to lift up your voice and begin to speak life in the face of death. Somebody needs to lift up your voice and begin to speak victory in the face of defeat. Somebody needs to lift up your voice and begin to speak strength in the face of chronic illness. Somebody needs to lift up your voice and begin to speak revival and breakthrough and prodigals coming back even though all your kids may be away. I declare it in Jesus' name. I declare it in Jesus' name. I declare it in Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Come on, speak it. This is what we're here for right now. Lift up your voice and speak it. This is why we're here. This is why God. Yes. Yes. Your ministry is not finished. That church will see revival. Your calling is sure. God's hand is upon your life. It shall come to pass. They will come from the north and the south and the east and the west. Your children shall return. They will come back. Your health will be restored. In the name of Jesus, I declare it. Hear me, I'm closing. I can do whatever they want with music or whatever y'all need to do here. Hear me. It was a dead Dorcas that would position Simon Peter to be in the town called Joppa where he would meet a man, Simon the Tanner. It was a dead Dorcas that would bring Simon Peter's ministry to a place Where he would be positioned to have a conversation with God and man that would shift the entire narrative of the remaining book of Acts. It was a dead Dorcas that would put Simon Peter in a place.
where a man who was hungry and praying and engaging angels a man who had hunger in his heart named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 it was a dead Dorcas that would put Simon in a posture and a position so that Cornelius could be spoken to by God and say hey send your servants to the next town over because there's a preacher by the name of Peter that just happens to be handy and at a distance that's going to come and help you and you know what he's going to preach to your whole household it was a dead Dorcas that would represent a seismic shift we heard the word tonight our sister gave the prophetic utterance it was a dead Dorcas that would represent the place where Peter would come to a seismic shift where he would understand that this revival is not just for the box that you think it fits in but this revival is about to spill out to the Gentiles this revival It was a dead Dorcas that would open his eyes to see that there's about to be a Gentile harvest that you didn't even know was possible. It was a dead Dorcas that would open his eyes to see. There is a hungry man in your city who is praying and talking to God and seeing an angelic host. It was a dead Dorcas. It was a death. It was a death that would bring him to a place where he would be positioned to reach to a man that he didn't even know existed in a place he might have been uneven, not even aware of. It was a dead Dorcas that would open the door to a revival that he never dreamt of and never even prayed for. And all God sent me here to tell you tonight is there some things that may appear to have died in your life. There's some stuff that may have died in your family. There's some things that may look like they're dying in your ministry. But what God wants you to know is that if you'll get on your knees and if you'll call out to him and if you'll look right eyeball to eyeball with what's dead, if you'll be willing to lean on a brother or a sister, and if you'll be willing to say we're in this together and I'm going to pour out my heart, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humbly bow before him and I'm going to declare life life in the face of death and I'm going to declare health in the face of sickness if you'll lift up your voice if you'll deal with your dead Dorcas correctly God is about to release you to the Gentile population of your city if you'll deal with your dead Dorcas correctly God is about to send you a Simon and a Cornelius that you don't even know are looking your way somebody lift up your voice to the Lord right now all across this room Ah, uh, come on, there's Yatarabo Sotori. Yeah, yeah, I wish somebody, I wish somebody would just lock yourself in. I wish somebody would put out the doubters, the skeptics. Uh, I would like, like Simon Peter, kick them out of the room. Uh, I wish somebody right now would pretend it's just you and Jesus. You can't kick anybody out. Uh, we don't want anybody to go. Uh, but I wish somebody would just engage right now with the power of God uh, like you were the only one in this room. Uh, I wish somebody would just lock yourself in uh, to a place with your dead Dorcas and your master like you're the only one here.
Come on, I'm preaching to somebody that wants some new life to come in. I'm preaching to somebody that needs a miracle in your life. I'm preaching to somebody that needs a miracle in your ministry. I'm preaching to somebody that needs a miracle in in, in that endeavor. I'm preaching to somebody that needs a miracle in your career. I'm preaching to somebody that needs a miracle for your lost baby. I'm telling you, you ought to step out of where you're at. You ought to tear up this altar under the unction of the Holy Ghost and begin to speak to that thing begin to declare the word of God to that thing it shall live and not die yeah 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 come on let it flow let it flow let it flow let it flow Here's what we're about to do. If you need a miracle in your life, this altar is already filling up. But if you need a miracle in your life of any kind, if you need God to do a miracle in your life, I want you to step out of where you're at and get as quickly as you can to this altar. If you need God to do a miracle in your life, get as quickly as you can to this altar. Whatever miracle that is, get as quickly as you can to this altar. And as you get in this altar, I want you to lift up your hands. Now, I know this is contrary. I know this is contrary to what we normally do, uh, but I'm probably not going to pray for you. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm not even going to pray a prayer of faith. Uh, but what I am going to do is release you. Uh, what I am going to do is tell you to release your tongue. Uh, if you need a miracle right now, you ought to lift up your hands. Uh, you ought to lift up your voice uh, and begin to go after God uh, with a reckless abandon. Come on. Uh, let your voice out. Uh, let your voice out. Uh, let your voice out come on let it flow let it flow let it flow let it flow come on let it flow let it flow on if you're full of the Holy Ghost and faith uh, pray with one another if you're full of the Holy Ghost and faith uh, lay hands on somebody if you're full of the Holy Ghost and faith uh, reach out to somebody near you Uh, you might not have any idea what Dorcas is dead in their life yeah 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 let it flow let it flow let it flow there's life coming into this room there's resurrection coming into this room it is not over you are not finished yeah 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 yeah
Come on, if you're full of the Holy Ghost and faith, pray with somebody else near you. Lay hands on somebody, every pastor, every minister. If you're not already praying for yourself, lay hands on somebody near you. Pray the prayer of faith over somebody beside you. There's rejoicing coming. There is rejoicing coming. Yeah, your weeping is return is turning to joy. And rejoicing, your weeping is leaving tonight. Sorrow is turning to joy. God is about to give you glad. Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. 